Welcome to the IoT Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. As going green and conserving energy has become more widely popular, companies are looking for new and efficient ways to automate and advance utilities to the next level. Joining us to talk about one of the ways in which this is being done is Greg Myers, VP of Global Electric Marketing for Census. Greg and I are going to talk about what makes Census unique, smart lighting, and some of the uses for smart meter data. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing well today. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Our pleasure. So, Greg, can you tell us a little bit about Census before we get into smart lighting and all the good stuff? Absolutely. So, uh, Census has been in the uh, metering industry for over 120 years. Um, both in uh, gas and water, and uh, more recently into uh, into electric, and um, and in the past uh, 20 years, we've we've been really focused on the automation of uh, of meter reading, as well as uh, bringing different solutions to market to support other benefits that the utility uh, utilities and municipals and college campuses would like to get out of uh, out of uh, solutions surrounding uh, gas, water, electric lighting, and so forth. Uh, myself, I've been, uh, I've been at uh, Census for eight years. I've been in the industry for over 20 years. Uh, I'm VP of Global Electric Marketing. I've uh, been uh, involved in just about every facet of the, the business that's coming over here, but um, it's, been, um, uh, it's been a very fascinating place to work in, and the uh, pace of technology evolution uh, and the pace that the market is is going at is uh, is a very exciting time. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think we're definitely living through a, a time that's going to see changes that last long term for sure. Especially with you know, as as everyone tries to be more conscious about energy. As we start, you know, one of the main things I want to talk about is, is smart lighting today and, and and some of its different applications. But I think at, at least for me and, and and people I've spoken to, smart lighting is is usually associated for you know, luxury or, or, or large cities. What kind of other applications are people unaware of that that smart lighting could could help with? That's a great question. The um, what we're seeing in the marketplace is that uh, safety is a is a major factor in uh, in uh, college campuses and and cities uh, deploying smart lighting. And um, if you think about the the use case application, there's a couple that come immediately to mind. Uh, one is um, one of our customers uh, is uh, in uh, in the state of Alabama, and there was terrible tornadoes that went through um, several years ago. And um, you'd be amazed that uh, when the sirens go off anymore, people don't always pay attention to them. And um, now they they have smart lighting and uh, and have the capability to flash those lights and even do directional kinds of flashing. And you can imagine all of the other use cases around uh, some of the uh, safety concerns that uh, that happen on college campuses um, and so forth. And, um, and that that's another one is just being able to brighten and dim the lights depending on what might be going on in the area. Uh, you might make it much brighter in areas that uh, you know may may have a more uh, a common criminal element and and those kind of things. So. Um, and, and it's also a great way for the uh, for municipals and uh, utilities and, and college campuses and so forth to be able to uh, dim the lights for uh, for power consumption savings as well. Right. So is this is this a relatively new application that you're seeing? It, it's uh, in the, in the last uh, seven or eight years, it's really started taking off. 
and that's uh, Census uh, was one of the early uh, developers of a, of a solution, uh, and uh, it's it's gone really well. It's taken you know it's taken some adoption time as as uh, cities try to figure out you know what what their smart city strategies are and so forth, and utilities are determining you know, how they fit into uh, smart cities and, and street lighting and uh, so forth. Um, and, but it's really starting to, to take off right now. Right. So do you think this is a, uh, you know, do you think this is something that, that will slowly become integrated or do you think it'll always be another option? Does that make sense? Like, is this something that you can see becoming the norm just because of, you know, as we become a more, you know, socially conscious society? Uh, absolutely, I, I see it becoming more of the norm. Uh, just like if you think about um, uh, your metering applications, right? Um, there was uh, a time when um, there wasn't any kind of communications in meters, and now the bulk of uh, meters that are being installed today have integrated communications in them. I can see the the same kind of benefits of uh, driving the same type of adoption for uh, for street lighting. So talk to me a little bit about what's some of the value that smart meter data could potentially bring. Uh, in today's um, world, um, there are uh, a lot, uh, very fast adoption of solar and other distributed energy resources. And utilities are trying to determine how they keep pace uh, with that adoption and still manage their business. If you think about it, uh, the utility sector has been driven by bulk uh, generation down to down to uh, transmission and then distribution to a home. So uh, very much a one-way delivery system. And now uh, with the adoption of distributed energy resources, uh, solar and storage and microgrids, you now have a more dynamic um, distribution grid that you have to be able to manage. And uh, the real-time aspect of that uh, in order to, it, it is key. Um, to maintain the same quality of service or better quality of service than uh, their customers have been afforded all these years. So what, what's unique or different about, you know, census's approach to smart lighting from, you know, other, other people that might be providing it in the industry? Um, it starts uh, with our network. Um, we have, uh, we made an investment years ago um, in uh, acquiring a primary use FCC license spectrum. And that's, as you know, if you look at these spectrum auctions and so forth, that that's not a cheap investment. It was a very expensive investment, and it's afforded us the ability for our customers uh, to be able to continuously add uh, functionality to uh, to their existing networks without ever uh, having to uh, remove that asset or change that asset out. Um, other competitors in the industry uh, didn't make that investment, and they're forced to to use unlicensed spectrum where they have to uh, depend on other uh, other devices in order to be able to uh, be able to communicate uh, to different devices because their range is so short. So um, that makes it very difficult for them to continuously add uh, capabilities to those networks. Whereas uh, our customers are really enjoying the ability to add things like. Um, we have customers that have been using our network for AMI for the last uh, 10 years, and already and they're adding distribution automation. They're adding uh, street lighting uh, controls. Um, so just a myriad of different uh, applications that uh, that they're afforded by uh, by going with us, um, having made that investment. Oh, that's fascinating, and, and I think it's interesting, right? Because this automation technology is becoming more of a 
I think there's less fear when it comes to that kind of technology now than there might have even been five, 10 years ago. What do you think we have to look forward to in, in regards to this kind of advancement in, in utility automation? I think it's um, for it's all around consumer benefits. The the utility and the, and the governing bodies over utilities are are really focused on uh, consumer engagement. And as the as the utility model continues to change, uh, you'll see at the top of all the utilities lists uh, what benefits they're bringing to the customers and customer satisfaction. And so, uh, give being able to provide them with more and more data. Uh, to make uh, better decisions in and around their home as far as how they're using energy, gas, and, and water, uh, the ability to be able to uh, to offer prepayment programs. Uh, with the millennials and, uh, and, and more and more folks going on fixed incomes, they want the ability to be, the, 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 uh, their customers want the ability to be able to pay as you go uh, and not have to put down a deposit and those kind of things. And uh, uh, being able to get that real-time data and that transactional speed that you get with automation um, ha has driven a lot of those benefits. So then what do you think are some of the biggest challenges to getting this kind of tech more widely implemented outside of obviously it is an investment and with hopefully some kind of return over time, right? As they're saving on energy and, and, and having this kind of automation, but outside of that, what are some of the, the biggest obstacles? I, I think we're getting ready to cross that chasm uh, in that, um, uh, the technology is becoming more readily available. It's becoming more robust. Um, the business cases are starting to uh, starting to stack up uh, to make it more beneficial for utilities and uh, cities and uh, so forth to to drive towards adoption of this type these types of automation like like street lighting. Um, and then there's it opens the door for additional applications like noise sensors and things like that that can be um, that. That can be centered around the, the the street lighting, you know, first adaption adoption uh, piece. So I, I think that that's uh, that's what's going to drive that um, in in the coming years. And I and I think it's going to be a, uh, it, we're just going to hit a a hockey stick kind of curve here in the near future. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. And I think it, it, we're just starting to see it slowly, at, at least right now. But I think we're going to hit a point where that that rapid acceleration is, is definitely going to come. So as we're looking forward, the last thing I want to ask you, Greg, is, you know, we're seeing a lot of con consolidation in this industry and the, the market space is shifting a lot. Why is this a good or bad thing? I think it's a, I, I believe it's a, it's a good thing um, in the, uh, with the consolidation of a lot of the investor owned utilities and, and even uh, you'll see conglomerates of water utilities. Um, what, what they're doing is they're becoming a lot more efficient. In their ability to deliver for their customers, so uh, a more connected grid, uh, have what have you, where utilities are uh, buying uh, utilities, other utilities that are in their area, they can share transmission, they can share generation, um, they they are even buying electric utilities or buying gas utilities because of the um, because of um, the abundance of, of gas as a resource. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to result in a much more uh, operational, efficient um, environment for, for the customers. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I appreciate your time immensely. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, 
podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.